And we have just started recording. Okay. Lack of intros here. That's how that's how this um so we've been trying to do this for all what feels like a month now. Did not work. Not really. Yesterday was the first flop. Um you are the that was a little bit of a miscommunication. <laughs> I mean yesterday was terrible, but you know, that's fine. We're here now. That's important. Exactly. And I'm, and I'm well rested, not like sleep deprivated like you normally see me. So, well, good. That makes two of us. <laughs> Your situation is a little more extreme than mine. <laughs> true. True. So, I don't really know how to jump into the conversation, but saying one thing. And I'm gonna I'm gonna openly admit something about the the Rona that's going on, and this may not be relevant or not. You know all this poppycock that's going on with the mask and everything, and everyone's just being a fool, thinking that it's fake. The anti-maskers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In March, I'm not saying I was an anti-masker, but I was not sold on the. Uh, on the situation. I was actually a little skeptical and I thought that the truth was being stretched a bit for fear purposes. Just because the demographic that was affected was so one-sided from the data we were getting until, you know, smarter people started talking and releasing information about it than what we were getting and then everything just became so damn real. I am so grateful I did not get sick. I was playing with fire. And, uh, yeah. I think yesterday was a big wake-up call. Uh, we found out why... We found out what happened yesterday and why it happened, and that was actually the reason why. Um, if so if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. No. So you, you weren't alone in that. Um... I think pretty much everybody in March, um, myself included, I mean, in the beginning of March, I was taking the subway without a mask because the general recommendation was that masks were not helpful. So we were actually receiving wrong information um, because people didn't really understand or know much about the virus. And to this day, you know, we're still learning every day. Um, so it's not that we're by any stretch experts yet but we know a lot more and unfortunately even even at work um you know masks weren't mandated so we were walking around hospitals without masks um and the people the healthcare workers a lot of them that fell ill in the beginning was probably because we weren't being mandated to wear masks um so you're not really alone in that. Suddenly, someplace in the middle of March, people start talking about maybe this is airborne. Maybe this, um, you know, aerosol particles are floating and staying in the air, and that is one mode of transmission. And that's when the masks um, really start getting enforced, and people start paying attention to that. Um, and it's funny because, you know, in Asian countries... Um, 
particularly in China, um, you know that they wear masks all the time for any viral anything. So it's so normal to them. And for us, it was such a foreign concept um, that I think that made it also hard for us to, um, you know, want to partake in it. Yeah, it definitely turned into a big mess. Um, it got very, very political really quick and very, um, like, I kept hearing, like, you're you're breaching my freedom with the mat, like, stupid things like that. And it just mm -hmm. didn't make any sense to me because it's like, if you could, or at least, and again, I don't expect people I walk by to have a, a logical mindset, but... I was just looking at it like if I walk by someone that I could potentially infect and they have and they're like living with their parents whom then get affected and the latter happens that's like your fault you're like a bioterrorist so wouldn't you feel guilty walking around with that absent and just I feel like you'd have to be a terrible person for you to be comfortable and sleep at night knowing that and that's actually what got me to wear the mask not because of like my physical not because of my health but because of everyone else's like i didn't want to be responsible for like in case i was a carrier to get someone sick because i just kept thinking like if that happened to my mom i'd be pissed so like the last thing i want to do is do that to someone else's parents and yeah you know to each his own with getting the mask on but i just don't understand how people could sleep at night knowing that like knowing that you're like a weapon right now an uncontrollable one at that and you're just like willy-nilly going to the beach going to the park i don't know whatever name it name whatever new yorkers are doing you're doing it you know and it's just like mm -hmm. not a care in the world that was bothering me for the longest time still is but it's just like the stupidity over here and other places is so it's almost like it's not real. Like, I still kind of don't believe it. Like, I feel like it's a joke. And everyone's just like, I'm waiting for the punchline. Like, yeah, we're not that dumb. No, but it's not happening. It's it's really depressing to see how little people care. Mm -hmm. And I think um, that happens a lot because here in the U.S., um, you know, I think... As time has gone um, by, the sense of independence has taken precedence over the sense of community. And um, I feel a little bit like that's the root of the problem because it's so easy like to me to rationalize wearing a mask, right? If I don't wear a mask and I am one of those 40% asymptomatic COVID people, who show no symptoms, so I have no idea that I have it. And then, as you you know mentioned, I walk by a person who is vulnerable, and by that I mean the elderly or somebody who has other health conditions, somebody who's obese. Those are the people that are suffering the most from this disease. Um, and I transmit it to them, how can I live with myself knowing that I could have caused that harm? knowing that I take life, right? Because when I'm giving this virus that could potentially be lethal to somebody with the right um, set of, of conditions, 
um, then I'm really impinging in somebody's um, rights to live. And um, people talk about their freedoms and their personal freedoms. What about that vulnerable person that was, um, you know, unknowingly next to you and you didn't wear a mask and you made them sick and then they went and potentially died? That's also infringing in freedoms in my view. Um, so it's, it's just really complicated. And a lot of people, I feel, also misunderstood the point of wearing the mask. Because a lot of people have come up to me and said, well, you know, you wear the mask, um, but that's not really protecting you from the virus. And that's not really the point why you wear the mask. Because we know that unless you have an N95, which is a special mask that, is, um, that healthcare workers wear, and it has a very good seal, you're not going to be 100% protected from the virus. Depending on what you read, maybe you decrease your chances of getting infected by 20-30%, which is not a whole lot. But what we do know is that the same premise as to why do you cover your mouth when you sneeze? So you don't spray all your stuff all over the person who's like right next to you um, and you know risk having them get infected with whatever um, virus you may have. So that's the same premise of the mask. You put it over your face and you, I mean, over your nose and mouth so that all those aerosols that you're pushing out every time you sneeze, every time you talk loudly, um, every time you cough are contained and they can't spread so far. So, I mean, it's, it, it's a little bit of misunderstanding of why we wear a mask and a little bit of that evolution of um, our, what our rights really are. Yeah, like again, I don't I this this it's probably like oversimplifying or maybe it's just like applying common sense too much. But if healthcare professionals are recommending I do something, I'm probably going to do it whenever they say, "Hey, you you're going to potentially affect someone else's life or not." Like they may not be alive tomorrow if you decide to do this thing that you're doing right now, but they have a better chance of being around tomorrow if you do the thing that we're recommending you to do. Like, I don't, I feel like that's a no brainer, but big but. I, so this is something I, I do find myself doing, and this is actually something I think I've spoken to you about in the past. I, weird people just in general just have a weird thing with questioning like literally everything even if it's someone like a healthcare professional a doctor someone who has your best interest in mind there's been so many times where i was at a clinic and i was being told you got to do this for your stomach and i just start bombarding the the person with questions as if i don't believe him and like i would catch myself doing this and it's kind of just like fishing for the answer you want to hear, not so much that you don't believe what the person's saying. And I feel like it's the same thing with the masks. Like, we, I feel like people know, people already know the deal with the mask already. It's just they don't like the answer that they're getting. So they're going to keep, f like, finding ways to dance around it until they hear, okay, you don't need to wear the mask. And that's like, oh, man. That's just a recipe for disaster right now because do we even know that it's coming back? 
next flu season? Like, is this going to be a thing? Are we going to get an, an uptick again? We don't know because um, remember when we used to think that places that were, had warm climate were probably protected from it? Yeah. And then Florida, Arizona, and Texas are getting bombarded as we speak. Um, so that wasn't uh, accurate. So then the next thought was that, um, you know, when flu season starts in the fall, then we might get another surge, um, at least up here in New York. And, you know, we've learned so much from everything we went through in March and April that um, I feel that if we start seeing an uptick of cases, because right now we've stayed, you know, at 1% uh, positive um, test results right now, which is actually really good. Um, and if we can stay there, then um, and we do all the things that we're doing and continue doing those things, you know, most people here in New York are wearing masks and um, they're trying to keep socially distance, um, socially distant. And um, the other good thing about this time of year is that people are more outside, which we know is better than being inside and in close quarters with others. Mm -hmm. um, so that'll change, obviously, when the weather changes and when the winter comes. Hopefully, if we start seeing that the cases are um, going up, then we can take measures early on, which was something that we were slow to do in March. Um, we, you know, ended up doing all the right things, but um, we did them a little bit late. I mean, better late than never, I guess. But Oh, yeah, this could have been um, much worse, much worse. Um, and, um, you know, like the public health officials have admitted it that, you know, we should have shut down earlier here in New York than what we did and implemented masking and all the things. Um, so, you know, now we know. And um, unfortunately, people didn't learn from us, right? Because we didn't need to have another New York um, in other places. So Florida, Texas, Arizona, all those places didn't have to have spiking cases again. Um, but I guess nobody no learns from others' experiences. Yeah, that's the other. <laughs> yeah, just everything about this is, again, it just doesn't feel real. And it, I, it's just, I don't even feel like it's the virus that's making it not feel real. I feel like it's us. I think I gave people too much credit when the idea of something like this was a thing. Um,. I really didn't think people would react this badly in terms of being ignorant towards it. Now, don't get me wrong. Like we said before, I think we were all a little ignorant towards it in the beginning. But a lot of us quickly grasped the situation. And it just it just blows my mind that everyone else hasn't done the same thing. Like, you know, you know what I'm seeing a lot of right now? Actually, um, where you're at seeing a lot of it uh two things one fake social distancers and i'm gonna not pretend like i'm part of like i'm not a part of this crowd although it's not an extreme so every week me and a few people would do like bike rides and usually the group gets from like 
three to six people, which is a large group. And yeah, we are underneath the group limit, but still like we're not social distancing from each other, just from other people because we're on bikes. But we're all either some of us are either tested and we know that we had we had it or we didn't have it or just in general, like we're all essential workers. So we're kind of just in and out of the suck. So it's not like we're fearing to infect one another. We kind of just were already in that in that red zone. So I feel like it at that point it doesn't make much of a difference, neither here nor there. But there's a lot of people that I'll see coming out for like a cigarette. And they'll do their business, come back in, and they'll freak out whenever someone gets into the elevator with them. And they don't want like they 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 pull the social distancing card and you know please say please let me take the elevator on my own I don't want you in there. And five minutes later they'll be coming out of that elevator with four people that they know. And completely breaking like social distancing a foot. Mm. And that's I always found that super weird. And again I don't want to make it seem like what I'm doing is different, but. I'm not complaining about social distancing versus someone complaining about it to then flip the card and be with like four or five people having a smoke. I'm seeing that a lot and it's actually super bothering because it's fake. No? Right. Unless these people are part of what uh, many people are doing, which is um, a COVID pod, right? So, or a COVID free pod. And basically, the people that are in that inner circle, either they've had it, so you know they're clean, or they get regularly tested, so you know what's going on. So, you know, if that's what they're doing, and I don't know if that's the case or not, then, um, you know, that's not so terrible. Because at least you're being responsible and figuring out um, and hanging out with the same people. So it doesn't mean that, you know, every day you have like four different people. But basically, you have this core group of people that um, you decided that um, you're going to make sure that everybody's safe. And those will be the people that you will kind of exclusively hang out with. Makes sense. The way the way you explained it makes sense. Yeah. And the same thing with, um, you know, what you're doing, because at the end of the day, we're also human. And we kind of need human contact. <laughs> so that's the, the screwed up part about all this, that um, um, by having to social distance, then um, people are getting affected from the standpoint of not having that human interaction. And yeah, you could tell me that you can do it by Zoom or by FaceTime or whatever, but it's really not the same thing. Um, you know, um, being able to sit down with somebody and share a meal or have a conversation, um, a face to face, um, is not quite the same thing as talking over, um, video chat. Yeah. So, so, you know, that's the flip side of that. So, um, a lot of people are starting to do that and, um, and I don't think that's unreasonable as long as it's not that you're getting, you know, having a party with 50 different people or, you know, you're breaking the, the rules in terms of how many people at once you can be at. 
if you're trying to spend most of the time you're sharing with those people outside, um, you know that they're regularly tested or that they've had the virus and, um, you know, you're, you're keeping yourself safe that way. Um, I don't think that's terrible. I, um, so a few weeks ago I had this conversation with my lady cause so when things started to open up, uh, I was very appreh uh, apprehensive about going anywhere, uh, to eat. It just didn't seem like a comfortable idea. And she's very social with her small group of friends. She likes to see them quite often, and she sees most of them at work. So she's not used to not seeing people. And when things started to open up, she kept mentioning to me, like, do you think this is a good idea? And I always said no. Like, I... I, if I were you, I wouldn't go to like a restaurant in the city of all places, sit down outdoor seating and just eat with a whole bunch of people with my mask off when you don't even know who's sitting behind you. Like you don't know their situation. They could just be desperate and not say anything and want to be outside. Like people are that dumb. But on the flip side, it's the same thing with like my bike rides. It's like, yeah, we're, we're zooming by people, but we're still moving by people. And we're in areas that people were. And we don't know what those what those people's situations are either. Right. So it's like I feel like there's no right or wrong answer to get that social aspect back without some sort of panic. And it sucks because it's it's one hundred percent true. Like human interaction is like second to none. Like we need it. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's it's something that like our conversations in the morning, every other day or every day, it's the how how that changes like me being in a bad mood is ridiculous. Hundred percent. And, that, and that's I can't imagine because I was still working throughout this whole thing. Like I was I was still in the building five days a week, sometimes six, while my girlfriend was stuck at home. She she was out of work and she was inside. She was these walls were like caving in day by day. The apartment was getting smaller and smaller. And I was trying to like understand her point of view and her frustration and like just her emotional change towards everything. And it's like I couldn't because I was still getting human interaction outside. I couldn't understand what someone was going through who, had, who was used to that. I couldn't put myself in her shoes. Everything to me just sounded like an unnecessary risk versus someone who is really deprived of something so simple. It, it's really crazy how much of an effect that has on somebody. And I really didn't understand that until like a few weeks ago. Like I started to really like take a step back. Like if I wasn't going on these bike rides, would I be any different mentally? Probably. If I was, if I was out of work for as long as she was, would I be any different? Probably. Mind you, I'm a little bit antisocial. Like I'm, I like, I like being to myself and there's very few people that I like to talk to and hang around with. So being around people isn't a big thing for me, but being told I can't be around people, period, would probably set me off. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what she was going through because none of her friends lived here and even got to a point where like one day of the week I was doing like a movie night at my house just so she can have like some exposure to people. But it's like she knows them, but they're not her friends. So it's not the same. 
she wants to see the people that she wants to see and that's what's going to make her happy and that's like something i just couldn't understand because i was out seeing everyone because of work and that that must suck for the people that that have that on a daily basis to just like that being robbed of them so that like i totally get like even now if she wants to eat outside or one of my friends want to like i I recently ate at a restaurant like two weeks ago and that was the weirdest thing like i was so uncomfortable and it took like anytime anyone moved like i I was like whoa trying to like keep my eye on them someone would sneeze two tables behind us and i was i already started catching anxiety (laughs) yeah like it's it's terrible it was but it's like i got so conditioned from work for like from being marked as an essential worker, which I don't understand. But I got so conditioned from working in that environment that those triggers are, like, there. And now, like, anytime I hear anything, like, you want to do something outside, it's just, like, no. Immediately, no. Because my brain is conditioned to not be outside now. I'm conditioned to get out of work and get my butt home. Don't do anything outside. And I felt like that was that's a barrier that a lot of people are going to have to like really kick down because I'm sure I'm not the only one that's like that. There's still a lot of people I see outside that are like freaked out to walk near someone. And that's like the other side of the coin of the people that are used to exposure. There's so many people that can they, they condition themselves to not get exposure anymore. The people are just in limbo and it sucks. Yeah, I mean, um, what I did was kind of waited, um, you know, uh, about three weeks once restaurants opened um, to see what happened with the number of cases. So I kind of used it as um, an experiment. And I was like, okay, well, we'll see what happens. If the cases start going up, then I know that this is not a good idea. And um, and they stayed stable, so they really didn't start uh, picking up more. So then um, a couple of days ago, we actually went for the first time to a restaurant, and it was outside, and the tables were nicely spaced out. Um, you know, the waiter was wearing a mask. Um, obviously, you can't wear a mask when you're actually eating, um, <laughs> but... Um, while we were waiting and stuff, we wore a mask. Um, so I felt pretty good about it. Now, what will happen to all the restaurants once it starts getting cold over here or any place um, up north? Um, I don't know because you really can't be having um, people sitting inside. So that aspect, um, you know, worries me a little bit to see what'll happen um, with all these places as winter comes through. Yeah, that's honestly, I didn't even think about that. <laughs> that was... <laughs> you just put something new in my head. Wow. Yeah, because what are, I mean, you can't even like initially I thought like, oh, well, maybe they can put those um, little things outside um you know that are kind of like closed uh, to prevent the cold and i'm like wait a minute but that's closed that's not open air so that's not gonna work um and the little outside heaters can only do so much so yeah that's gonna be um another challenge that'll come 
along with the expectation of, will we get another surge? Will the cases go up as more people start spending time inside? I'm going to take a wild guess and assume that the paranoia of a surge might condition people to might condition most people to not want to fight to eat inside of a restaurant. I'm just going to take a guess and say that. I hope so, although I have to <laughs> say when they initially had started um, opening restaurants before they were like as strict about um, the outside eating and absolutely no indoor eating, mm -hmm. I was walking outside and I saw like some places like bars and stuff um, inside looked pretty crowded. And, and they yep. would leave like the doors open and like these big windows open. So it looks like the inside is outside, but they're really inside. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I would hope that you're right and that people would have common sense, but common sense isn't always so common. So, oh, isn't that the quote of the year? Yeah. You know what's another thing that's driving me crazy with this? <laughs> I'm I'm hearing a lot of um anytime I get next to someone and like I'll forget, I'm like, oh crap, wait. Like let me let me get my let me gauge my distance from you. I keep hearing, oh don't worry, I have the antibodies. And that just annoys the shit out of me. Just because it's like, what who cares? Like that doesn't mean that you you can't like doesn't that mean that you're okay, not the other person? So there's a couple of things to unpack there. Oh, God. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it depends on where in their illness they are, right? Um, and that might be really hard to know if the patient never, like if the person never had any symptoms, right? Um, it'll be hard to know where in their illness they are. And if you don't know where in their illness they are, it's hard to know if they're not infectious anymore. So that's one thing. The other thing is that um, we're still not sure if you get this once, if that's once and done. Or can you get reinfected? And the thought in general is that you will have some sort of um, protection, you know, immunity. So you'll mm -hmm. have some sort of immunity to um, another um, infection with COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, the um, virus that gives COVID-19. And um, that'll be great if that's the case. Um, but we don't know enough at this point to know if then does that mean that they won't get anything at all? Or could they get like a lighter um, version of the disease, but still be infectious? Um, so still a lot of unknown. So I wouldn't necessarily take it for granted. I have antibodies, therefore I am safe and I won't um, be able to infect anybody else. Damn, I was gonna, sense? oh no, yeah, yeah, I follow. I was just, I was trying to remember what I was gonna say. <laughs> um... Damn. I was paying yeah. attention so hard that you knocked it out of my brain. <laughs> That's good. <You're> so <laughs> <laughs> um okay, well 
so yeah so at this point take home message is i don't know that we can say oh you've got antibodies that's it you're not going to infect anybody else and you will not get infected well you know over the next few months we'll know more about that didn't someone catch it like i'm not and by someone i mean several people didn't like people already catch it twice if not more than that so that's still a little bit up in the air if that is a new infection or if it's still part of the original infection wait it's because, mutating no 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 because the thing oh. is that the um, the way this virus affects people is so like you know it's such a wide spectrum and some people are ill for months right so <coughs> uh -oh. some people get sick and then they feel that they're better and they think that they're done and then they start feeling ill again but that's still part of that original infection um, you know, I've known plenty of people who didn't have to go in the hospital, but they felt terrible and it's been two months and they still don't feel quite like themselves. And some days are worse than others. Now, does that mean that they got a new infection? No, that's just, um, you know, another manifestation of this virus that we're slowly discovering more, more information about. Um, so you know what they did see is that um, sometimes people that had developed antibody at some point um, so they were infected at some point when they recheck them they couldn't detect any antibodies so then that was concerning because they were like okay well you don't have antibodies anymore but there's different tests that you can do for antibodies and there's different thresholds so perhaps with this particular test you weren't meeting the threshold for antibodies, but that doesn't mean that there is some low level of antibodies there that the test just doesn't detect. And should you get infected again, um, you know, you will boost your antibody response and um, those antibodies, if they measure them at that point, would be high again. Damn. So a lot oh of um, <laughs> stuff that we still need to um, iron build. out. Yeah. I mean, I'm happy that we're we're going at whatever rate that we can. Any, any information is useful at this point. But what about like what about what's going on in other like countries like Germany, New Zealand, Russia? What's going on with them? What's their progress? Didn't Russia say like they were fighting to like get to be the first to release a vaccine in like September or something like that, something ridiculous. I mean, there's a huge competition to try to get the vaccine um, out there. Um, right now, there's several companies that um, have their own vaccines um, that are being put out there. And um, probably what will happen is that we'll have several makers of different types of vaccines um, because there's no way that one company can produce everything, um, you know, the volume that you would need to cover the entire world. Yeah. Um, so, so I think there's going to be different countries that simultaneously will be putting out um, vaccines and um and we'll be able to have different options as to what we get. Right now, um, a lot of the um, 
vaccines that are being made um, by, you know, different companies. They're in um, the third phase of testing. So they're giving it to more and more people so they can make sure that they're safe and, you know, that reactions are minimal or not threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and that's what will have the final data to know, okay, the vaccine is good to go and they can start mass producing it. And hopefully um, we'll have some, you know, something reliable by the end of this year, or beginning of next year. Which is, by the way, unusually fast for a vaccine, which has created actually a lot of fear in people. Because they're thinking, well, if this is being done so quickly, then this must not be safe. But no, you, I mean, they're testing it in humans. Um, and you're not, they're not giving it to the entire population. And they're testing different doses to see what is the lowest dose that they can give that will be effective um, to minimize side effects. So it is being um, trialed. It is being given to humans. It is being observed. They're measuring antibody response to it. Uh, many of them seem to be successfully producing antibodies, so they're um, producing an immune response. Um, so that's great. They're working. And then in terms of side effect profiles so far, um, with um, higher dosing, the side effects that they've noticed are fever, you know, flu-like symptoms, um, soreness where they put the vaccines. So nothing unusual from um, other vaccines that we get that are out there. I keep hearing the the fast release of the vaccine thing, but and correct me if I'm wrong, but I again I was I was very young when this happened. Well not very young, but I was going through a thing, so I don't remember the timeline too well. But you remember swine flu when that was like a thing? Mm-hmm. Didn't the vaccine for that come out like within a few months? Yes, but that was uh, the swine flu is one of the flu viruses. It's one of the um, the H1N1 strains, right? Exactly. So that um, is one of the flu viruses that we already knew that are out there. And we've had a flu vaccine for a long time. And actually, every year, what they do is they adjust, right? So the way the flu vaccine works is that you use the winter of, in our case, the southern hemisphere to kind of see the flu strains that are in the population and um, for them they do the opposite right they look at our winter so the previous winter so um, on the northern hemisphere and then they use that to predict the strains that will be coming and um, that's how they tweak those vaccines so that every season they try to predict what will be the strains Now, it's not perfect, and that's why the flu vaccine is not always a great match, because you're not doing it when the flu season starts here, and we know the viruses that are out there, because that would be too late to produce a vaccine in the levels that you would need to produce it for that season. Um, So sometimes we're really good at predicting those viruses, and the flu vaccine works great, and Mm -hmm. sometimes you get, like, um, you know, maybe... 50% 50% protection um, from viruses, from the flu viruses or the flu strains that are floating around in that season. Um, so they could always adjust that. Um, if they manage to release the coronavirus vaccine, um, you know, and everything is done by 
the winter early spring um it'll be the fastest vaccine that it has that has been developed damn okay all right well thank you for clearing that up i was super confused about that (laughs) um okay so here's here's another it's not out of the box but here's another random question spanish flu what are uh what's the comparative uh cases compared to to this mess because i know the or at least the last time i checked the estimate or the estimate of suspected cases was like four or five hundred million and then there was like 50 million that perished and i think we only had half or a little bit over half that died here so what do you what are your meaning hmm? from from the spanish flu yeah from the 1918 spanish influenza Right. So, um, so the estimates from the Spanish flu deaths worldwide um, were about 50 million. And then in the U.S., they estimate that about um, 675,000 um, deaths occurred just here in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. Um, so right now with COVID, we um, last I checked, um, we had just gone um, over 150,000 deaths. Now, so we're tickling that number. (laughs) The Spanish flu um, wasn't just one um, season, right? Um, Mm -hmm. It lasted um, several seasons. I believe it was about a year and a half or two years, something like that, um, because it was a flu virus. So um, when the summer came, then cases really went down. And then when fall and winter, then the Spanish flu came back up. Um, so that was kind of the trajectory of that with this one. Um, it doesn't really seem to be having a seasonal predilection. And if we think about it, that the first cases started early March. So we have March, April, May, June, July. So you've been five months at this. So if we don't get a vaccine and if this would continue at the rate that it is going and we have 150,000 cases and it's, we're five months in, you can do the math. And, um, you know, if this went like for two years before we had any treatment or vaccine, um, you know, we might not be that off from the 675,000 deaths. And also remembering that um, there are a lot of cases that we are not counting for because we either don't have enough testing so the patients were never tested or people were found dead at home and they never really knew what happened to them. Um, so there are likely more cases, more deaths than um, we have reported right now. Can the same be said for both? What do you mean? Can the same be said for Spanish flu as well? What do you think? Well... I don't know what methods they were using um, for testing. Probably they didn't have any tests. They were doing symptoms. Um, And I really am not familiar what 1918 was doing counting cases. Um, So I imagine they were just doing it based on symptoms. So, you know, just based on that, Maybe you could argue that some of those deaths were not um, Spanish flu and were some other virus. 
And plus, medical science has advanced a great deal. But yes, and that is another. Um, you know, now we have like incredible um, ability to deliver um, really um, state of the art care and critical care um, in ICUs to these patients that are very ill. Um, that they didn't have the science or technology back in eight, 1918. And it's crazy that it's still to these numbers. Yes. I think yeah. that's what's more mind-blowing, is that a time where we didn't have the medical technological uh, technology that we, did, that we do now, the numbers were understandably high, and now, what, over 100 years later? something to that effect it still feels kind of the same like it it feels like the the devastation the impact is still the same and, and the other interesting thing um is that the flu affected everybody right so young old um children were very affected by the flu um which is not really what we're seeing with this virus it's mm -hmm. um you know kids are for the most part without even symptoms and if they do get sick um we know that the risk of death is very low so the mortality from this is very low um which is not um you know the case for any flu virus we have um you know many children that die from the flu every year um we know that pregnant women are a super vulnerable population for the flu as well um and um that you know, there have been pregnant women that have gotten sick with coronavirus, but not at the levels that we see with the flu. Um, so it also affects um, the elderly and people with other health conditions more so than than the flu ever did. Jeez. What a what a what a time to be around, huh? <laughs> Yeah, so much going on. <laughs> oh man. And all and just just from your experience and what you're seeing is normal even something we can get back to within a year? Huh, I don't know. That depends on so many things. Um, you know, the vaccine being developed and being successful. Um, everybody wanting to get the vaccine, which will probably not be the case because, as you may know, there is um, an ever-growing anti-vaccine movement in this country. Oh, yeah. Um, and, um, and with a vaccine that is being produced so quickly, they're really, you know, riling up the masses um, with that. So I really don't know how much, you know, buy-in you would have. Um but if we could at least get the elderly and people with other health conditions, um, the immune suppressed um, population vaccinated, then um, potentially we could get this under control and um, start getting back to normal. But back to you know, normal. There, there are no, there are no guarantees because this is all very new. As I'm sure you've noticed, every month there's like a new piece of information um, for the puzzle um, that changes, which is 
another issue that people that have never really had to deal with what the scientific method is and how science works um, are having a hard time understanding because science is always evolving. And um, it's not that you find one answer and that's the answer forever. No, you know, even from other conditions, like how much do we learn from cancer? How much better are we treating uh, treating cancer today than, um, you know, we were 30 years ago? And it's because we're always gaining more knowledge. And um, the same thing is happening with coronavirus. You know, in the beginning, we knew so little. And every day, every week, every month, we're learning more. Um, and the information is evolving. So then people that are not used to seeing this happen are thinking, well, you don't know what you're talking about because you said one thing a month ago and then this month you're saying something else. So I'm not going to trust you. I'm not going to believe you. I'm going to go with my friend from Facebook who said this thing. And um, unfortunately, that's creating a whole other problem because you have all this... Um, growth in the in uh, and mistrust of science um and that's not helping our problem either yeah i feel like misinformation is just it's just another another thing to help people with their motives they just use whatever that they whatever they can to get the ball rolling on their end of the argument but yeah again it's like playing with people's lives there's no time for misinformation yeah. I agree with you 100%, but unfortunately, um, you know, people will kind of dig up what will suit their belief system and um, and go with that versus anything else. And then they will hold on to the fact that, no, like um, the scientists or the physicians are changing what they're saying all the time. Well, that's the scientific method. You know, you get some information, you test it out, either you prove it or you disprove it. And then you do more testing and then you find out more stuff um, and it's going to keep evolving. And where we are one year from now, from the knowledge that we have um, on this virus might be, um, you know, a lot different from where we are now. And hopefully it is because hopefully we have more treatments and, um, you know, successful treatments because now we have some things, but none of it has really proven to be 100 percent effective. Um, so that would also really help us, um, get back to normal. You know, what is 100% effective? Injecting Lysol into your veins. So I've been told, you know. No, bleach, 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 <laughs> bleach works wonders. That one, that one's the silver bullet. Damn, Sp gotta, gotta get to the lab with that one. Speaking of misinformation, <laughs> what's... Okay, we, we spoke about it a little bit yesterday. What's this thing with the demon sperm? <laughs> so, yeah. So, going with this misinformation deal. Um, so, there is this um, physician. Unfortunately, she is a physician. Um, she's from Nigeria, but she did. Um, she went to medical school over there. And I believe she did some of her training here in New York. Um, and by training, she is a pediatrician. Oh, great. Um, and then, yeah, and then she moved to Texas and she has, um, I don't know if it's a clinic um, or, you know, I'm not entirely sure as to what, um, what she has developed, but um, 
Basically, she started saying that she had treated hundreds of patients with coronavirus with hydroxychloroquine and um, Cithromax and um, I believe it's zinc and that they were all cured and that there is a cure for coronavirus and, um, you know, that that's the silver bullet and their people are being lied to because they, um, you know, are trying to push vaccine. So that's her premise for all this stuff. Now, I will tell you that having worked at a hospital in New York during the pandemic, um, we studied this, um, you know, combination of drugs in patients. Um, we gave um, over 500 people this combination of drugs and saw no difference in outcome, meaning they didn't get better than or live longer than the patients um, that did not receive this. So, you know, based on my experience and the numbers that we saw, I can't say that that works. There are other studies, meaning trials that have been done looking at this and they really have shown no benefit. So she's kind of going against what um, other um, you know, thorough studies have, have shown, but so that's one thing, but that's okay because sometimes scientists can disagree in, in what's going on. Um, except she hasn't done a study. This is all anecdotal. So if you're going to prove a scientific point, you have to have a well-organized study that, um, you know, has some people receiving the treatment, some people not receiving the treatment of interest and comparing them. So she has never done that. So she's being anecdotal. She says um, these are all adults. So the other qualm I have with her is that, so you're a pediatrician by training. Why are you treating adults? So there's that aspect of things. And then the third side of thing is that she has also been, um, you know, found to believe that vaccines contain alien DNA that is being injected into people and that certain health conditions, in particular, um, something called endometriosis, which we have a scientific explanation for, for is um, caused by people sleeping with the demon in their dreams and um, having demon sperm. <laughs> so, <laughs> a lot of people okay. actually believed her, what <laughs> she was saying about hydroxychloroquine, because they wanted to believe... Um, that there is a cure and i understand that because wouldn't it be wonderful if we had found the magic cure for this and it was um something that had been around forever as has been hydroxychloroquine which has been a drug that we use to treat malaria um, a lot of people with um you know autoimmune conditions and arthritis uh type conditions from autoimmune processes um have used it so um that would be amazing if this was the cure um but if you want to believe that, then you have to really think about the person this is coming from who also believes in demon sperm and alien DNA. I'm just yeah. going to put that there. <laughs> I think um, mucho credibility was lost. <laughs> right, right. I mean, that's what I think, but, um, but you know, then that started like a social media war because then people were like saying, how can you not um, believe her? This is like, you know, the government lying to us. So then everybody went through that side. 
And um, how can you believe her? How can Everybody... you believe her when, when she's saying these other things? Everybody just wants a conspiracy. like, And that's just the thing that kills me. Is, is How could you be so hungry for a conspiracy in a time like this? In a time where you should... That? What is going on with all the conspiracy theorists? I mean, I know they've always been around, but now it's like coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, like... And, like, you can't say anything related to this subject without you being questioned and your motives being questioned, even if you're, like, your work is revered by everyone. It will be questioned by someone. Yet this woman is walking around saying what she's saying with the history that she has, and people are just like, yeah, no, that's fine. Totally get it. Mm -hmm. I believe it. Sign me yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. And that, that just drives me crazy because it's like in a and we're in a situation where I feel, at least in my opinion right now, this is how it feels. It's just a shot in the dark. Like we're we're obviously doing everything we can to prevent each other from getting affected. But it still feels like you're playing Russian roulette with a revolver. Like you just don't know. We're getting all the information we can to keep ourselves safe, but we still just don't know what right. could like that one time we took the mask off just to get like a breath of fresh air, like boom, right there, revolver just went off. Like you just don't know. So it's like, shouldn't this be the time that we're all just like in unison trying to fight this thing? And yet the division can't seem to get any bigger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean... It's it's funny how a public health issue has been politicized because that's really what happened, and um, and then science is out the window when the whole premise of a public health issue is to trust the science so they can get you out of it. Um, and now it's not even about that. It's about um, believing who you want to believe, depending on their political views. Which. It's a terrible way to kill to to cure a pandemic, but yeah, I've that's always why, that that's why we're not curing it. And the United States is so terrible. Um, of all the developed countries, I mean, Europe has been able to get this under control. Um, why are we not? We're just a bunch of walking geniuses. <laughs> 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 we're a bunch of conspiracy theorists walking around conspiring the covid whatever i don't know i've always been a believer in like your personal feelings are obviously always validated no one should ever tell you that your opinion doesn't matter but the great thing about science is it's right no matter what you say mm -hmm. or how you feel and there's been tons of times where science has gotten in the way of my personal feelings it doesn't deter the accuracy of the science at all there's there's a reason why science continues and it's because it knows it doesn't know everything and it's actively learning. Right. You can't you can't involve your emotions with medical science that is supposed to help us. And I just wish that people understood that and didn't get so patriotic when shit like this happens cuz it it helps nothing. It's just making yeah. it worse and it it you know, you know what it is, at least for me, I'm starting to think that we're getting 
a real clear picture of who needs to be in an insane asylum now more than ever. (laughs) (laughs) Because people are just so comfortable walking around. And this, this, again, this may be exaggerative, but whatever. Like, you're walking around as a weapon. And you're just cool with it. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. They they can't put themselves in the situation of the affected. So it's like, I feel like if you can't be empathetic or sympathetic to that extent to where you can't ask yourself, if that was me, how would I feel? Then, dude, you're nuts. You're crazy. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's totally insane. It's um, the whole thing to me is mind blowing that we are still in such a terrible position with this virus, um, you know, across the country. And we just can't get a handle on it because there's so much discussion about what the right thing to do is. We know what the right thing to do is. Look at New York. Look what we did. Look how we controlled it. Look at Europe. Look what they did. Look how they controlled it. China controlled this. I mean, why is it so difficult for us to just say like, oh, look, they did X, Y, and Z and it worked. So let's just do the same thing. This is not like rocket science. I don't understand. It's starting to feel a hell of a lot like rocket science. <laughs> it's it's uh I'll I'll say this final thing before cuz we have we have hit an hour. Um the the building that so so if it wasn't clear I work in the building you live in. And yep. That building has a lot of wealthy people that you would assume are intelligent because of what they're making. Um, I respect anyone's hustle, and I respect everyone's job. I'm happy that you're doing what you're doing and that you have the intellect to do it. But it blows my mind that the people you would assume would be the most understanding to this whole situation are easily the most ignorant. Like, I feel like further down the poverty line, you start to see understanding. Yeah, this isn't about even, like initially I thought, well, maybe it's an education issue or ignorance. Um, No, I know plenty of, extremely well-educated people um, that you would think, you know, smart people that you would think like, oh, no, they're going to get it. No. They they don't Just get it. Like, don't understand the it. Exactly opposite. Yeah. It has nothing to do with that. Um, which is why this whole thing is just so weird. It's it really like it really just doesn't feel real. Like it's 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 gotten to the point where like maybe once every other day, and this just could be just to me not sleeping properly, but I forget. Like I keep thinking that this is a dream. I don't 
at least three times a week. I just don't believe that it's real anymore. Just, just because of how everything played out. And again, maybe it's just too much credit given to the community, but I really didn't think that this would uh, be this way. And um, hopefully we get over that hurdle. Huh? It's also hard because you know, like the number of times that I've walked out of my door without a mask, and then while I'm waiting for the elevator, I'm like, "Oh, wait a minute, it's Rona time." Yeah. And then I have to turn <laughs> around and, and get my mask. Um, so it's like, um, you know, it, it almost—I uh, hear you. It almost feels a little bit like we're living in this like dream, because life has changed like so much in a matter of six months it's crazy to think what it's going to be like six months from now yep here's okay here's the thing what's the deal with scarves on your face isn't it supposed to be face like certified face masks why are people wearing scarves and tying their shirts around their nose like what what get, is that even like allowed so um, the CDC <laughs> released guidance and because we were in a shortage of medical masks for medical personnel, um, you know, they recommended that um, to prevent basically from exhausting those resources from the people that were going to be most exposed, um, people either make their own masks um, and there are like specifications and I don't you know, know them off the top of my head, but you know, there's particular cotton that you can use that has, um, you know, makes it harder for like things to filter out. So there are specifications of how you can make like these, um, masks at home, um, mm -hmm. with pieces of cloths or maybe even like old shirts or things like that, depending on the quality of the cotton that you have, um, that the shirts are made of. Um, so you know, there is some protection from those as well. Um, obviously, it depends. If you're wearing, like, this super flimsy thing that is very thin, then you're probably not doing a whole lot. The other day, somebody sent me a picture of this mask that basically was, like, a mesh. And it had, like, holes. It looked like almost like those, like, um, you know, those fishnet stockings? <laughs> yeah. So it was basically like uh, a mask made of like those fishnet stockings. And I'm like, well, that's not going to contain anything. Like, it's going to make it worse. It, unless it's like a two inch virus that can't pass through there. Like, you know, nothing's going to be stopped through that. Um, and apparently when um, Disney World opened, a lot of people were wearing those trying to get in. So they had to, like, specify the type of masks that people had to wear. So, again, either were they trying to be funny? Were they trying to um, go in without having to wear a mask and that was their excuse? Or was there just no common sense? I don't know. I'm going to go with the common sense thing. Yeah. That seems to be accurate. That seems to be a scientific accuracy. <laughs> <laughs> We'll have to do oh. a study on that and see. <laughs> if we have time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's I don't want to take any more of your time away. It's been an hour and seven minutes. Unless you want to continue, you tell me. 
Well, I'm having a great time, but I have a little 10-year-old who is <laughs> begging for your me. attention. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. So Tell Camille I said hi. Pause it here. I will. I will tell her. Um, but um, this was great, Lee. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. Thank you for taking your time out to do this. Because I think people do need to hear it from a professional as many times as they possibly can <laughs> until it gets drilled into their head. So I look forward yeah, I to mean, part two. Yeah, absolutely. We'll plan it so we can coordinate another um, leisurely day where we both have slept. And hopefully no one dies that day so I don't get depressed. Oh, and God, that was terrible. Yeah, that was... What a 2020, you know? Oh, my God. This year has been like, first of all, it's like the longest year in history. I feel like it's been going on for two years already. And it's only like six months. And secondly, it's like, can we just like, you know, being part of major historical events is getting old. <laughs> yeah, I what was it? January was like calm. February not not for me because um I'm from Puerto Rico so we had oh yeah um, earthquakes oh my god I totally forgot oh, okay were, so it wasn't calm and there were some fires um where were the fires uh damn it I know what you're talking about wasn't that in April though maybe there were two fires <laughs> <laughs> in um. Oh it's God. the part that has like 25% of the world's oxygen. Oh, that, those were the Brazil fires. But the, but the, what there was that, another was fire? This year? Yeah, that was this year. <laughs> that was 2020, <laughs> not 2020 part two. Um, no, but wasn't it, um, wasn't it in Australia or something like that in January that they were having a lot of fires? Oh, man, let's fact check this. Now, now we got to know. Australia. It's, I feel like there were like some major fires in Australia or something like that in January. Period. Uh, let's see. Australia burning 2020. Fire season ends. Okay, when did it start? Let's get that going. It's saying from June to May. What the hell? That's not right. Now put, um, I'm going to check this. Hold on. Oh, it's saying uh, from 2019, June, to May 2020. Okay, so maybe it just got, like, to our attention in February? Or, or January. Um, but as of March 9th, they had had um, 46 million acres burned. Jesus Christ. Yeah, because I remember seeing like all the little animals that were like being pushed out of their homes because of the fire, and people were trying to rescue them. Um, I remember seeing that in the news. So, so yeah, we, so all so all that happened starting January. So we had earthquakes, fires, COVID, uh, aliens. No, we haven't had the aliens yet. <laughs> uh, no, not we had. Yet. Protesting. But, you know, half of the year. <laughs> uh, what else did Black, we get? Black Lives Matter. Yeah, the protesting happened. I felt like there was something else that happened too. Jesus. Um, I mean, a lot of important people have died too. But 
Well, yeah, we've had a hell of a lot of passings. Um, oh man, I don't know. It's been a year. It's been a it's been a year that can be four or five years, and I think we need a break. Um. Oh, and the uh, hurricane season is starting, so there's that. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So oh we'll god. See what, we'll see what that's going to bring around. Hurt. Oh man. Well, hope No, I don't even want to say that sentence. Never mind. Um hopefully it's not bad. Hopefully something gives us a break. Hopefully Mother Nature realizes, "Oh wow, they're going through a lot." And just leaves us alone. <laughs> yeah, that that would be nice, but you know. It's not looking very hopeful. <laughs> Historically, except, that's not how except, she works. Except it's been six months and we're still here, so that's a good sign. <laughs> or maybe this is like, I don't know, virtual reality. I don't know. Let's not get into that. Anyways, so it's been a stressful year for everyone, especially for you because you are a medical professional. So thank you for that, by the way. You're welcome. For, for fighting that good fight. I don't feel like you guys get thanked enough. I really don't. And, yeah, it was uh, really hard. Um, and I actually have PTSD if this happens again when we have another surge. Because March and April were terrible. Yeah, I was... I was <clears throat> there. Were, so, like, you and one of my friends that like his dad you guys every night i was just like saying a prayer in every language i knew i was scared shitless that you guys were going to get sick thankfully both of you are healthy and okay <laughs> but God. that was yeah that was terrible just to even because it's like no one really thinks about that like you guys are you're there with it you're the reason that it's contained you know and that's I don't I don't really feel like people see the sacrifice that comes with that. So I try to say thank you as often as I can so you know that at least some people know. Well, thank you cuz I appreciate you always. Hopefully sometime soon we can start hugging again just the world in general. I miss giving people hugs. I miss high-fiving. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean, here's to a better 2021. Because, <laughs> I mean, this year is done. I expect no good things this year. I would say it can't get worse, but I'm not going to throw that into the universe. I'm just going to say no. I hope it's better. <laughs> you, can, you can hope. I think um, we should just hope for the best but expect the worst. Yes. That should be our, our MO. We should get that demon sperm doctor to do some sort of thing to the universe to make 2021 better. I know. Then she could really save us. Yeah. Then she'll have credibility. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> then, then, then I'll drink her cooler. Like, Until yes! then. <laughs> this is the cause. Forget science. <laughs> what brings endometriosis i knew it demon sperm <laughs> i just wish they had a better terminology for that than saying that 
I mean, you you need to look her up and see the videos, really. It's just going to be a big meme. I'd, I'd yeah. rather listen to someone intelligent <laughs> than let my brain cells die listening to her. Well, um, I I admire that. <laughs> I got sent so many videos and they're like, oh my god, did you see this? <laughs> that I actually did see it. Until um, whatever, all the social media sites took it down. That's good. At least they took it down. Anyway, anyway. We're going to keep rambling. I'm sorry. Attend no, to your... Okay. <laughs> attend to your young one. I'm sure she's begging for your attention right now. Thank you for okay. chatting. And... um. Part two, coming soon. Okay. Thank you, Lee. Mucho, mucho love. Right? Did I say that right? Yeah. Mucho love. <laughs>